You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Live Free Now show. I'm your host, John Bush. Uh, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Uh, the studio today is a little different than it usually is. We just had a big event take place here at Live Free Academy headquarters. So we'll be rocking with you. I want to welcome everybody to the show. Just checking. We're actually streaming to some new spots today. Our YouTube channel is currently um, booted, so that's unfortunate. I had an interview with Mike Adams the other day, and... Uh, I uploaded it to YouTube before it could fully get uploaded. It was taken down. Uh, big bummer there. But what he was one of the first guys, Mike Adams of NaturalNews.com, that was banned. You know, it was it was Alex Jones, Mike Adams. This was before the big push uh, pre-COVID and during COVID to censor all sorts of stuff. So anyway, it's not the first time that I've been had gotten a strike on that channel. But we do have to get creative. So we're streaming to Odyssey. Shout out to the folks that are watching here on uh, the Odyssey link. Uh, and then, you know, this will be the first time that I'm attempting to stream to my Live Free Academy channel. But I don't see that it's coming through, actually. So that's a bummer. Maybe I need to start the live stream. Uh, so I just learned that you can actually stream to Telegram, which is exciting. Anyway, regardless, we got a great show today. If you're listening to the podcast, you'll be hearing the replay. We're going to be hearing from our good friend, Jim Gale of Food Forest Abundance. Jim Gale, somebody I very much admire. He's doing a lot of good work in this world. He is installing food forests all over the place, but there's this really cool project that he's working on called Galt's Landing. I think that's what it's called. It's in Florida, and it's like an eco community, and he is helping them to attract people, but he's also installing all sorts of food forests. So he's been real active. Uh, sharing updates and all that stuff. So we'll be hearing from Jim Gale here in about 15 minutes. I do want to chat about the SEC nonsense that's going on right now with the Securities and Exchange Commission, specifically Gary Gensler coming after cryptocurrency. It's a big problem. Not happy about it. Uh, but it's something that we expected. It's something that I expected. And in fact, because I'm so concerned about people that didn't take their didn't play their cards right, or perhaps people that um, are trying to make a quick buck playing this Wall Street casino-esque gambling with all these altcoins. Uh, I want to help folks to make sure that they can take their crypto off exchanges. I want to help to pinpoint some specific cryptocurrencies that you should avoid. This is something that I've been sounding the alarm bell for quite some time encouraging people to just really narrow their focus when it comes to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Unfortunately, a lot of people uh, have not heeded the warning, but uh, I'm going to be doing a webinar. It's absolutely free. Let me share this with you so you can take a look at it here. Uh, I want to encourage you to sign up for this webinar and go to livefree.academy slash crypto webinar, livefree.academy slash crypto webinar. But I'll be showing you my foolproof way to protect your crypto from the SEC crackdown and legally secure your assets 100% under your control. Uh, again, you can sign up for this livefree.academy slash crypto webinar, livefree.academy slash crypto webinar. It's taking place Thursday, June 29th 
at 11 a.m. Central. Absolutely free to join. I'll be breaking down everything I've learned in the past 10 years with a focus on how to avoid all of this crazy nonsense going on uh, in the present moment. So yeah, I'm going to break down some of that news, but let me see real quick, make sure we're streaming to Odyssey. Shout out to the audience on Odyssey. I'd love to hear where you guys are tuning in from. we got some people watching from uh, Facebook on the Conscious Resistance channel, on my personal channel, and then we got a lot of folks there on Odyssey. Let me know where you're at uh, right now, where you're streaming, where you're living, and what's new in your world. Always a pleasure to serve you guys and to share these really powerful, uh, not just ideas, but actions that you can take in order to improve your life. I'm going to try to go live here on on Odyssey. I mean, on uh, the Telegram channel, just see what happens if we go live. Uh, let me see, allow access. And again, thank you for joining us today, folks. Video, no signal. How can I switch the video? Share screen, settings, speakers, microphone. Ah, we're not going to do this. All right, we'll have to figure that out. I actually saw Dr. Sherry Tenpenny uh, live streaming. That's what got me excited. And unfortunately, I'm not able to figure out how to boost it from, from our StreamYard setup. Anyway, let's break down some of the news. Looks like I lost some of the people there. Let's break down some of the news. So if you've been paying attention to what's going on with the Securities and Exchange Commission, it's definitely quite concerning. It's definitely rather uh, alarming. But like I said, it's not something that we did not foresee this is something that I warned about last time I did a crypto webinar. And then I recently did uh, the crypto, um, the crypto common sense webinar was not too long ago. And one of the things that I warned about in that was, hey, you got to be aware that the Securities and Exchange Commission is going to start identifying some of these cryptocurrencies as securities, as securities, essentially as an investment, right? And you need to be aware that if you are invested in some of these cryptocurrencies, then they are going to potentially target the exchanges or the wallets that are hosting some of these exchanges, of course, the custodial wallet, right? And so sure enough, not very long after that warning, the last time I did this webinar, uh, I did the webinar after the whole FTX debacle, right? You know, I'm big on Bitcoin. I'm a big fan of cryptocurrency, but you got to be aware it is a very tumultuous space to get involved in. And if you don't play your cards right, you could end up losing money. You could end up getting hurt. So you have this vast world of cryptocurrencies. And the first one was Bitcoin, right? Some people even argue and say Bitcoin's not a cryptocurrency. It's Bitcoin and then all the other cryptocurrencies, right? Well, the cool thing about Bitcoin is that the inventor, the creator, Satoshi Nakamoto, he, she, they, or them, whoever that is, they created Bitcoin, blockchain technology, uh, the open source software that runs the Bitcoin protocol. They created the Bitcoin protocol and then they disappeared, which is a very valuable, valuable thing that they did, perhaps the most valuable thing. This created an environment where we have a genuinely decentralized, essentially autonomous institution that is Bitcoin. It's a technology, it's a currency, it's a medium of exchange, it's a way to distribute information that's essentially uncensorable, right? So after that came a bunch of copycats, a bunch of altcoins, as they're called, alternative coins and a bunch of cryptocurrencies. Well, most of these cryptocurrencies were created or invented or released by a company, a nonprofit organization, or some individual people working together. This creates a problem 
And it goes against this beautiful decentralized thing that is Bitcoin, because now the government has somebody that they can coerce, somebody they can manipulate, somebody they can pressure, somebody they can sue. But the big thing about Bitcoin is that there is nobody to coerce, manipulate or sue, which is really pretty freaking cool. So let me pull up real quick one of these articles. Uh, and this is actually directly from the clowns over at the SEC. Let's take a look at this real quick. This was a press release released June 6. So this is all hot breaking. You know, we had some work at Liberty Academy, but as soon as we wrap that up, I wanted to do what I could to help uh, demystify the situation and help provide you with some practical tips and strategies so you don't get ensnared in this SEC dragnet. As a press release from the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC charges Coinbase for operating as an unregistered securities exchange broker and clearing agency. The SEC today charged Coinbase Incorporated with operating its crypto asset trading platform as an unregistered national securities exchange broker and clearing agency. The SEC also charged Coinbase for failing to register the offer and the sale of its crypto asset staking as a service program. Wow. So, so what does that mean exactly? Let's, let's break this down to make it a little more clear here. First of all, what is a security, right? So if you're somebody selling or offering a security, it's expected that you'll comply with the Securities and Exchange Commission regulations surrounding the selling of these securities. There's a way that they determine what is a security or not. It's called the Howey test. And let me pull that up real quick. The Howey test. So the Howey test essentially was a court ruling that gave precedence as far as what do we classify as a security. Okay. So I'll give you the quick explanation, like a one sentence explanation. It's like, it's a tradable asset that people invest in with the expectation of a profit and they are passive in that participation. It's not like a business partner that plays an active role in the execution, development, operation of the asset or business. It, you're passive. You give your money to someone else. They run it for you and you expect a profit. So that's essentially what it was. Uh, but we can see right here, this is investopedia.com. So key takeaways, the Howey test determines what qualifies as an investment contract and would therefore be subject to U.S. securities laws. An investment exists if there is an investment of money in a common enterprise with a reasonable expectation of profits to be derived from the effort of others. So there's a couple key things there, the effort of other people, not your own, your own effort, right? So this was a Supreme Court case in 1946. A lot has changed since then. And unfortunately, the government moves so slow. Well, maybe fortunately for us, but it creates a problem because there's a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace, which is a big challenge. So you have Coinbase, which I believe they're behind Binance or they're with their with right there with Binance. Uh, it's one of the largest exchanges in the world, most definitely the largest in the United States. They have been selling people as an exchange. You connect your bank account or you use a card with Coinbase and now you trade your dollars for cryptocurrency. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and a whole wide variety now. They've opened up considerably to all sorts of quote-unquote altcoins or cryptocurrencies as some refer to them. And so for the longest time, this was just rolling through, no problem. But now the government 
and likely, this is my theory here and what a lot of other folks in the alternative media space and crypto space are, are thinking, that perhaps they're cracking down right now in order to drive down the price because BlackRock and other major financial institutions are in the process of uh, legally creating uh, a Bitcoin ETF, an exchange traded fund. Additionally, we know that the central bank digital currencies are slowly but surely being rolled out. This will create a financial surveillance society where all of your transactions are tracked, traced, cataloged, where you can be locked out of financial services based on your political beliefs or your carbon output for the month. So perhaps they are trying to crack down and control what they see as a threat to this whole paradigm. Again, that's just speculating. It's not like they're coming out and specifically saying that, although I'm sure if you dig deep, you could find some of that. Um, so this is a big concern. And again, Coinbase was operating in regulatory uncertainty, going above and beyond to try to comply with whatever rules could be seen as applying to the crypto space, reaching out to the SEC, having their lawyers work with the SEC. And now the SEC is coming down and cracking down on them because they're selling these digital assets created by a company where their people passively invest with the expectation of profit. If you ask me, I think a substantial number of these cryptocurrencies could qualify as securities. I think that there is a genuine case to be made. And then here's the challenge. These exchanges are caught in a quagmire because if they're like, OK, you got us. I understand uh, we're selling this digital asset and people consider this digital asset to be a, a security now. They're trying to make some money on this. Um, without actively participating, right? And then if they're like, okay, so what do we do? How can we register as a uh, as a licensed security broker like you want us to? Well, there isn't any legal standing for people to even legitimately do what the SEC is saying they're doing wrong. In other words, if they wanted to legally sell cryptocurrencies as a security, there's not any rule book to do that. It would still be illegal, even if they say, that's great, sign us up as a licensed securities broker or exchange. We want to play ball. So this could be really hindering the growth and progress and innovation in the cryptocurrency space. But as I'll reveal in the webinar, again, you can sign up for free over at livefree.academy slash crypto webinar livefree.academy slash crypto webinar. As I'll explain in the webinar, again, it's the 29th of June. As I'll explain, there are certain cryptocurrencies, specifically one big one, and I've already said already, uh, that are essentially immune from this chicanery. And even Gary Gensler has gone so far as to reveal that it's an immune from the chicanery. So, we're going to be breaking all that down. Again, you can register absolutely for free, livefree.academy slash crypto webinar, livefree.academy slash crypto webinar. I want to thank you again for joining us. If you're just tuning in, this is the Live Free Now show where we're bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Here coming up pretty soon, we are going to be joined by none other than Jim Gale of Food Force Abundance. Uh, big fan of Jim Gale and his work. It looks like he just hopped on right there. Uh, he's going to be sharing about their new project. I think it's called Galt's Landing and the work that he's doing to proliferate food forests. And one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of Mr. Gale 
is because he, like myself, uh, is obsessed with self-development, uh, self-improvement, all the big classics, Napoleon Hill, you name it. Uh, he's definitely dove down those rabbit holes. So, uh, again, if you're tuned in to Odyssey, shout out. We did get banned uh, temporarily from all uh, YouTube, unfortunately. And uh, we're also streaming on Twitter, Elon Musk's Twitter. It's most definitely not perfect. And on the program, uh, Mike Adams was giving me a hard time, or he's giving Elon Musk a hard time for being a hypocrite because he says that he's all about free speech. But nonetheless, he still has all Mr. Um, Elon Band there, but uh, really excited to be joined by our next guest to break down what he believes are key habits, key thought patterns that you can adopt in order to find greater success, to talk about how we can kind of subvert existing systems, leverage them for greater freedom, prosperity, community development. And then finally, we'll definitely dive into uh, some of the permaculture principles that he's applying throughout his work and the cool stuff that he's doing with Food Force. So without further ado, let's bring on Mr. Jim. Jim, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, John. How are you doing today? I'm great. I see you're live on the set there. I'm live out in the field. I can't wait to walk you through the food forest here. It's right over here. This is 15 months ago. This was nothing but sand. And now we'll go through it. It's a thriving food forest. Absolutely love it. Really excited to, to chat with you. Uh, I'm always impressed by what you're doing. There, you're somebody that I see, I follow what you're doing, and it inspires me to do more and to think bigger. And it's really cool to see you. And I guess we've known each other for a few years now to hear you like talking about these ideas. And I started hearing the murmurs about this golf's landing place. And now fast forward a couple of years and it's like, wow, you guys are really doing it. And I, it's clear that you're having a major impact on this project as far as creating these food forests and educating people the whole way. So before we get into all that, uh, if there's folks in my audience that aren't familiar with you, why don't you share what you're all about and how you got into this freedom space? All right, sounds good, buddy. So about 2007, I learned that the world is controlled by psychopathic evil people. And I went down the rabbit holes. Previous to that, I had started a mortgage company that did about $1.3 billion in revenue in three and a half years. I then sold out of that company in 2005 and I bought a boat. I lived on the ocean for a year, traveled a lot. And when I learned, uh, I watched Zeitgeist and I couldn't believe it at first. And I, I went through that period of cognitive dissonance where I had two competing belief systems in my head. I also learned permaculture and I also had my first two of four daughters and that's when i started going through a scarcity feeling because i recognized that these psychopaths are leading the destruction of our world on every conceivable level and so i went really into it i read bill mollison's quote about two years in and uh, it, it was, uh, though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. And from that day forward, I've been obsessed with bringing the solutions to humanity at scale. Excellent. And I love that at scale part. Um, can you break down a little bit more? What is permaculture? And importantly, can you talk about how you apply permaculture principles and ethics to your activism in the pursuit of freedom as well. Cause a lot of people think it's just about growing food, but it's much more than that. 
much permaculture means permanent culture and so it's about way more than food it's about complete self-reliance it's about having a culture that produces more energy than it takes to create and maintain it's about a system that's regenerative and infinite in its ability to produce good things things that are healthy and abundant and to get really specific so i'm at this is our off-grid little tiny home office here and we've got our, our solar system right here. We've got a battery system in the closet. And it's been really cloudy for a couple of days. So in permaculture, you want redundancy. You want multiple food systems. You want multiple energy systems and multiple ways to catch and store water. So because our system, um, the battery was low, I came out here and I used my home biogas system to cook my lunch today. Now, how do I get the gas from that? On the other side of this tiny home, there's a black bag and the poop from our toilet goes into the black bag and it's run on a tube here to our cooker. So now my bathroom waste becomes fuel for cooking and it also become, becomes nutrients for plants. Love that. Absolutely love it. Um, that home biogas is the brand, right? Is that the one where it's yeah. like a big bag kind of that fills up? Yes, exactly right. It's a big bag that fills up. In fact, I'll walk around and show you it. We've got a little water catchment thing here. We have so much water here in Florida that we don't really need it. This area looks a little like a prepper village because um, it's all, you know, I love to point this out. We started, the whole thing was sand. There was no life in this at all and now and this is our home biogas bag now we'll go to an area that's just loaded with life love it love it i know um uh i know that that there's a lot to do to uh rewild there's even salted areas that can be turned into oasises it just takes having an understanding of nature really and not fighting nature or resisting nature rather uh, working with nature. We had the privilege of hearing from Jeff Lawton. He was the keynote speaker for the last land summit. And um, yep. he's done a lot of work in, in doing that as well, taking like barren landscapes and really just making them bountiful. And I see that you're putting in a lot of work there. The idea with permaculture is you put in a lot of work at the beginning, but then essentially nature takes over and it's a very passive system once the humans kind of help to integrate uh, with nature. Uh, let me ask you this, before we get into more of what you're building out there, can you tell me what were some of your inspirations? One of the reasons why I like to have you invite, uh, invite you to speak at, at our events is because you're like really tuned in with this success philosophy, self-development, all these great quotes you share from Napoleon Hill and the like. Can you share how you got into this success philosophy and let me know what some of your uh, your key influences are in that space? Absolutely. So going to school, I was bored, silly. I only got a, a C average so I could wrestle. I was a wrestler. And to wrestle, you had to have a C average. So I would never do homework. I didn't pay attention. I daydreamed my way through all my classes. If um, ADD would have been invented yet, then I would have been labeled ADD. When I look back on that now, I believe that was my most precious gift. And of course, now they want to drug the kids and get them all on these 
um, prescription destructive poisons. So um, then I was 19 years old and I was in a network marketing company. And on the way to Texas for one of these rah-rah events, I was listening to Dennis Waitley's The Psychology of Winning. And it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. I was so inspired. And I was also kind of surprised that I did not learn that in school because I had no idea that these were indoctrination camps. And so I got really passionate about it. And then I wrote my goals. And this was really fun. My, our college wrestling coach had every kid on the team write their goals. In fact, it was a Friday afternoon. He said, everybody on the team, you have to have your goals on my desk by Monday morning or you cannot come to practice. And I was like, ah, shit, I don't want to write my goals because it seemed like homework. And anyway, that was nagging me. I threw it on the countertop on a Friday after wrestling practice. And it was nagging at me. I went and got really drunk and partied like we always did back then. Saturday, hung over, started drinking, partying. Sunday, I finally started writing my goals at 8 o'clock at night. And it changed my life. Because for the first time in my life, I started visualizing and imagining myself in the picture, in the experience of being a champion. And the previous two years, I, I did horrible. Um, and so when I handed my, my goals to my coach, they said three-time All-American and national wrestling champion. And he, he smirked. He, he tried not to laugh, but I could tell he was laughing inside. And he said, these goals are kind of lofty, don't you think? And then he proceeded to tell me that goals are meant to, you know, um, be at the edge of what's possible for you. In other words, Jim, that ain't possible. Well, four years later, I ended up being a four-time All-American and national wrestling champion because I created the vision and then I lived into the vision. I love that. I love that. As you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Grant Cardone. And he yeah. always talks about having big, lofty, ambitious, sexy goals. And I think yeah. he makes a good point. Like the goals, the bigger and sexier they are, the more motivating they are. And I'm yes. sure you have to work hard to reach that championship status, just like you got to work hard to build this incredible lush food forest. I'm working hard at being the best father I can and being the best business owner I can. And whenever things get tough, it's those lofty, ambitious goals that allow you to push through that difficulty. Is that something that resonates with you? Oh, it's a hundred percent. In fact, um, right now I haven't worked much at all for the last two years. I'm busy. I do a lot of things, but I don't feel like I'm working anymore. Just like in the wrestling room, people would come up to me and say, Jim, you're working out so hard and stuff. I go, really? Oh, I'm just having fun. Right. When we can live into the vision, then it it's not effortful anymore. It just becomes the next logical step. And then I, I traveled the world after college. I lived in Hawaii and then I wrote my goals again at 29 and I was dead broke and I've been dead broke several times in my life. But this time I was used to being dead broke. So it didn't really bother me that much. I, I, I moved home into my parents' basement. They gave me an old car to use and I had a goal of being retired in three years. Now I was ignorant and stupid and young and I, I will never have a goal to be retired again. Retirement is boring as shit, but 
anyway, um, about within the next three and a half years, I started a mortgage company and I didn't know anything about mortgages. And three and a half years later, we did $1.3 billion in volume. And then I sold the company about a year and a half after that, bought a boat, lived on the ocean. And then that's when I went to Costa Rica. And that's when all the shit happened, when I learned permaculture and all that. Excellent. Most excellent, most excellent. So uh, why don't you show us around? Because I see you got some banana trees and all sorts of stuff going on there yeah. in the background. What's going on? And, and where is this? What's this project all about? So this is called Galt's Landing, G-A-L-T-S Landing in Central Florida. We have put this here to demonstrate freedom on every level. This incredible piece of art sent by my partner, Marcel, from a, a South African artist, Hank Willis Thomas, signifies in, in everything we're all about. We do not comply with tyranny in any way whatsoever. And so when people experience this, especially considering this, 15 months ago, there was nothing here. And now when people see the diversity and the magic and the butterflies and the bees and the birds and the turkeys and all of the life, what I've experienced is nobody leaves here uninspired. And in fact, when they realize how relatively simple it is to do this, then that's when they take action. Love it. Love it. What are we looking at here? These are like quadratas. There are many different types of bananas growing here. And for those of you who live in places where you can't grow bananas, you can grow thousands of edible plants that you're just not aware of yet if you don't know permaculture. In fact, I don't know one-tenth of the plants that can grow in this zone. I'm learning every day. I am not an expert at growing food. I know designers who are experts in designing the landscape and then building soil. And the soil is what grows the food. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Didn't you have some insight where the way that the banana trees or whatever fruit those are was planted uh, made them smaller, but this other place, it was bigger. I saw you do a video. Yeah. The other day. Yeah. You know what? Thanks for bringing that up. So check this out. So this is, these are designed um, like swales. They're raised areas and we focus the water into what the end of the circle here. So it's kind of like a a pathway and check this out. These bananas are probably 14 feet tall, but then as you go down the row, you can see they get shorter and shorter and shorter. Like right here's a good example. You got there and as you go down, they get shorter and shorter and shorter because the water, bananas like a lot of water. So we design it. That's why permaculture design is so important as a first step. Awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, one of the big principles is to like immerse yourself there in the design so you can make those observations and carry those observations forward. It's really like becoming one with the land, becoming one with nature uh, exactly. instead of resisting it. Of course, the antithesis of that is all the crazy chemicals and stuff. Definitely want to avoid. All right, yes. So how long ago did you start on this food forest project here? So this is 15 months old. And we are already producing way more than enough food to feed multiple families. We have about a dozen chickens. We get a dozen eggs a day. We've got 230 types of food growing here. And some of my favorites that are, are just so logical is to have a living salad bar. 
like check this out. This is a uh, longevity spinach. Any time of year, pretty much, except for we had a big freeze in December. For about a month and a half, we didn't have a living salad bar. But for the rest of the year, we can come out anytime we want and we can get an amazing amount of diverse salad, like cranberry hibiscus, longevity spinach, Okinawa spinach, moringa. And by the way, the colors and everything, it tastes absolutely delicious. Love it. Absolutely love it. What are some of the challenges that you've faced in building all this? Because it looks like a lot has gone into this project here. What are some of the hurdles or obstacles you've come across? Um, you know, the biggest hurdle is just doing it. You know, just go outside your back door and plant your first seed. And the plant will become your teacher. And the other hurdle for me over the last 15 years is really understanding the value of design. Design is so important. If you don't know what you're doing, like me, in a lot of ways, I don't know what I'm doing. So I call up and I ask the network and I say, hey, how do you do this? And how do you do this? And I've brought in four different designers for different areas of the property. Like we have a pond and we put, uh, it's a four acre pond. We put 14,000 fish in the pond of sunnies and crappies and bass and catfish and mosquito minnows, fatheads and shiners. And then we put aeration because it was a dead pond. We dug it and it was, there was no life in it. And at the beginning, we put water hyacinth in and it was brown murky water. The water hyacinth cleaned the water. And then when we were done with it, we put the water hyacinth on the shore and that built soil. Pretty cool. Heck yeah. You know, I just I want to share one more thing. You know, this everything we know about growing food is a lie. Like everything taught in colleges and universities is absolutely backwards. You know, people say money doesn't grow on trees. That's money right there. <laughs> this is all money. It, you know, in, in, a, in the terms of real true wealth, this is the ultimate, most logical way to live. And it's less maintenance than a lawn. Love that. I would Grant. I was listening to Grant Cardone earlier. This interview did with Lewis Howes, and he said the same thing about this. No, actually, it was Dan Kennedy about the money not growing on trees. And the thing that brings up for me is uh, one of my companies, Bray Botanicals. We literally sell the leaves of a tree. So you know, we're helping <laughs> we're helping farmers in Indonesia to put food on their table. We're helping people to overcome drug addiction and all sorts of stuff. And it's like literally the money is growing on the tree. Let's talk about money. Um, you're somebody that's had financial success in your life. And I know you've had financial street built it all and then lost it all and then built back again. Uh, a lot of people in our freedom, health, freedom, truth community struggle with money. A lot of the times, you know, like we do all these workshops and stuff. And sometimes we do them. The cost is like 57 bucks and it's really valuable information that people want. And they can't afford the 57 bucks and they're like pushing us to lower our prices rather than be like, how can I go get $57? What do you think contributes to folks in our community's uh, money troubles and money mindset issues? That's a great question. And I have spent so much money invested, not spent. I've invested so much money on personal development. And because I recognize that it's the best investment for return on investment. And what I think is going on is when people first wake up to the struggles of our world, to the war that we are in, this is 
World War Three or Four. I've heard different topics on that, but the bottom line is people are focused on the problem. And when we're focused on the problem, we are living in scarcity. And I wanna share with everybody, I, I had $20 million 15 years ago. I went from 20 million to negative 80,000. I had a family to feed, four kids, a wife, rent. I had no job because I'm unemployable. I, 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 I mean, I don't even know if I could be employed because I'm always trying to look for better ways to do things. And I drive people nuts if they were my boss. So. I went down to nothing, worse than nothing. And I had, my credit limit was 90,000. I had basically one month left of charges on my credit card and I had no income. And then I stepped into faith and courage and I did it. I was breathing, doing breath work, meditating, and I was crying and I was walking. And it was about, I don't know, 30 months ago. And I said, I have faith. I have faith that something is going to come. And then here's what happened. Ideas came because I let go of the fear. Fear and scarcity are the ultimate control mechanisms. They are the governmente in action. That's what the governmente does. It controls you through energetic situations like fear and scarcity. So I stepped into faith and courage. I just said, I'm going to have faith. And then all of a sudden, I just, my mind quieted down. And that's so important. And then I started getting these ideas. And then it just led to this magical journey. Now every day is, is just pure magic. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I know, you know, not having money, having bills pay uh, coming up, uh, electricity getting turned off. I mean, I've been through all of that. And I know that it really, it puts people in a negative headspace. Yeah. But yeah. would you say, I know a lot of this stuff is like easier said than done, but mm -hmm. is it really for people, is it easy as just like flipping a switch or are there habits you need to go through or you got to surround yourself with people? Like what's, what's that missing piece to go from struggling with scarcity mindset, fear, anxiety to, you know what, screw this. I got this. Was like, it, was it an instant thing for you? You just realized it someday or it, is it, there any bit, anything that needs to go into it? Yeah. For me, it was 15 years of struggle. And then finally it was like a switch. It, it, it happened in my mind. I remember the step I took where I was breathing and all of a sudden I could see more clearly. There was something to do with the presence of it where all of a sudden I was in the moment, right? When we're in fear or anxiety, we're either in the past or the future. Mm. Right now is the answer to all of it, is this exact present moment. That's where all the wisdom is. Everything else is, is either programs or concern or worry. Look at these beautiful, beautiful fruits. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Yeah, I like that. So it's basically clearing the mind and, yeah. you know, some if spiritual people think that there could be like a download from God or, you know, metaphysical folks. It's like a download from the universe, but there's definitely something energetic, but you can't, you can't reach that space if you're just constantly living in fear or stressed out. You made a good point. Like in the present moment, we can know peace, but oftentimes people have anxiety about something coming up in the future or they have and sadness about something that happened in the past. Um, are you somebody that welcomes adversity because you're kind of tuned in to finding 
uh, new lessons and learning from it. And it, it really like strengthens you at the end of the day. It does. I mean, here's how I welcome adversity. I, I have told the world on shows like this amazing show that I do not comply with any form of government tyranny, period. I do not, these buildings, look at these amazing buildings. This is a steel frame construction that'll last forever. No termites, no mold. And we don't have permits for those buildings because I'm not asking the government for permission to do anything. And so that's for some people They go, oh shit, what are you gonna do if they show up? Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna walk up to them and I'm gonna, to the individuals, not the general government, but to the individuals. To, oh, to the individual perpetrators of force and violence. And I'm going to have my camera on with all my friends, which are many now. And I'm going to share with them. Is that. Did I lose you? No, you're there. Sorry. One okay. Second. Okay. And I'm going to share with them. Hold on just one second. Did I lose you? No, you're there. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. I finally figured out how to. I finally figured out how to live stream to uh, to Telegram. Did you awesome. live stream to Telegram now? But I had to fire something up. So when I did that, I could hear you coming back into it. But anyway, okay. Sorry, I interrupted you with all that craziness. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So what I was saying is, I um, I'm very strategic about it. In other words. If there are individuals who say that I must comply with the government, by the way, what the government will allow me to do is I can cut all this down and I can use glyphosate and other poisons to kill all of this. But what I can't do is the way we're growing food here on the property is according to the government illegal, <laughs> right? So I will have the debate about whether they can per tell me that I have to permit my buildings, I'll have that debate publicly. And guess what? They don't want that debate. And most of the people that I've met here at the county are wonderful people. They don't want to fight. They simply want to do what they think is right. So that's why I don't think they've shown up yet. Now, if I were in California or Minnesota or some of these other places where it's just so many layers of tyrannical BS, maybe I'd be in jail right now. But whatever, I will not, under any circumstances, I will not obey uh, an unethical government. Love to hear that. And that's another thing. A lot of people live in fear, so they don't move forward on something because they're worried about what could possibly happen to them. But I like that expression, fear is false events appearing real. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, especially if you tend to be in a more laid back, freedom loving area, more often than not, nothing really happens. And we just create these invisible boogeymans up in our heads and they end up holding us back from greatness, unfortunately. They do. And then it's all about community. So the other level of strategy is that we are serving our community in so many ways. The more we serve our community, the more the reflection of abundance comes back to us. So the more good I can do, the more good comes. It's so simple and spiritual and even biblical. The more we serve, the more we get. I love that. So what would you say is, is advice for somebody that is hearing all this and they're like, Jim, John, this all sounds great and well, uh, but 
I'm still struggling. I can't get anything off the ground. I have a strained relationship with my significant other. What are some like key, simple beginner things that anyone can do in order to try to build some momentum for themselves? I would say forget all the BS between you and that circumstance, that person, and just serve them. Ask them. If you don't know how to serve them, ask them, how can I serve you? And, you know, at first they might look at you cross-eyed, but eventually they'll start being like, well, I would like you to maybe do this instead of that. I'd like you to talk to me in this way instead of that way. I'd like you to not, you know, have that tone with me. And these are all personal reflections, by the way. I used to have a particular tone with my wife when I didn't understand why she did a particular thing. And as soon as I changed my tone, guess what? That particular thing disappeared from my life. It's crazy. Excellent. 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 Yeah. Self-reflection, super critical without a doubt. Um, what about when it comes to business? What's some advice that you would give to somebody if they're looking to become an entrepreneur, they have a side hustle and they're just kind of stagnated out. What could you tell them to help take it to the next level? Man, just go, just follow the inspired ideas. If there's an idea, a direction that feels good to you, go full freaking speed towards that idea, living in the vision. And also, of course, writing your vision. That, that Everybody can do this starting today, starting right now, is commit to writing a plan, to designing your life. Right? Look at the permaculture ethics and principles. In fact, it's one of the best guidelines for design. It is the best that I'm aware of. Look at those principles and design your life asking new questions, right? The, the solution to all the world's biggest problems is not in the statement, it's in the question, mm. right? And if you want help from artificial intelligence in case you don't really have the connection yet with the GI, which I call God's intelligence, instead of AI, then ask ChatGPT, right? I've never been on that myself, but it'll get you used to asking questions and the answers will blow your minds, especially when you can feel the answers internally. Love that. Uh, my friend Ernie Hancock had this expression, freedom's the answer. Now what's the question? Just basically <laughs> freedom's the answer for everything. Yeah. I, I thought that was really clever. It always, I love that. Yeah. I, uh, who are some of the influencers that you're following that are doing work in the freedom space, health freedom? Oh man, I follow so many on this weekend. We've got um, Dr. Andrea and Nate and all these amazing people coming to spend, uh, to do a strategy session here at God's Landing, about 25, 30 incredible thought leaders. Um, and I'm, we've got a team, we call it the Council of 12 with, um, I mean, world champions in hockey and UFC and um, Dr. Christian Northrup and Jean Nolan. And our whole thing is about bringing together our tribe, which is, by the way, growing exponentially, of freedom-loving people who are courageous enough to say, I will not comply, and what can we do about it? Um, another one, I listen to Shunya Murti sometimes talk about what's going on in the world. I find him very interesting and very spot on. Um, and then I love the permaculture groups, right? especially the freedom loving ones, because their permaculture has taken kind of a divergence where a lot of them got bought into the socialist narrative. They believe that fair share and communism are equivalent. Well, to me, fair share is a voluntary act, not a forced act.
Yeah, and it was originally Return of the Surplus, which yes. isn't about distribution or anything. It's like if there's a surplus, you return it back to the original, to the care of people, care of the earth, yes. and you're still jiving uh, with the permaculture principles. And that could be somebody that's extremely wealthy, and they direct some of their excess wealth and energy towards the cause of freedom, right, and towards this food production stuff. Um, yes, you're now you're hitting it big because we are attracting so much money right now because we have a solution that is an abundance creation solution on every single level, including in our capitalist world, in the true voluntarism of capitalism. It's there's just so much to be made. It's the biggest opportunity in the history of the world right now. And to reinvest the surplus means to serve. And then the more we do that, it's just like an abundance waterfall. Yeah. And it all just turns into this big exponential cycle. Uh, speaking yes. of money coming into the space, we have a question here uh, from Odyssey. How hard is it to find venture capital investors to buy land and start a permaculture academy? Well, I can share with you from my perspective, I've done it several times and raised um, several million, probably closer to five or six million dollars. And when you have the right plan and then you surround yourself with the right team, then it's, I'd say it's, it's not hard at all. And then get the word out. So if you start with a good plan, you start with a, and a good team, and then you get the word out all over the place, then you will attract the money. Excellent. Yep. And um, somebody, this woman named Kelly Kresik, we had him at the Land Summit recently. She does uh, investment in eco communities and stuff. And what her, uh, her partner was saying, you know, just make sure, like, go through all the potential questions that could arise and just have it very detailed and methodical uh, so that you're presenting like a clear, concrete path for the success of the project. But before people can get to that level of awareness, you know, you know, you could dive right into it, right? If you got the right idea. But I think experience is a great teacher. And yeah. just like coming out, making mistakes, learning from those mistakes, uh, being a good student, constantly learning and soaking up feedback from the world. So that's just a couple other things I would want to include. How can people follow uh, your work and uh, catch up with you when it comes to Galt's Landing and all the work you're doing there? So we are all over the internet, Food Forest Abundance, and we have created a, an entity called the Freedom Farm Academy. And the Freedom Farm Academy puts it all together, including the business model. So we'll take a raw piece of land anywhere in the world. We're opening up these freedom farms in Thailand and Ghana and Canada and all over the U.S. And it is an off-grid homestead that produces all of its own food, water, and energy and brings in the local community, it becomes a nursery and it becomes a demonstration and education site for all things related to freedom at scale again. So these are the systems that we are really excited to expand globally. We want one in every county because this is the parallel economy. We become the reverse of Amazon, the reverse of Walmart where everything that is in a Freedom Farm Academy is meant to create regeneration and life instead of the other way around. I absolutely love it. And that's another thing I've heard you've been, you've been talking about that idea for a while. So it's real cool to see you, boom, making it happen and follow your videos. And it's like, wow, went from idea to reality. 
Uh, a lot of people have ideas, ideas for days. The ideas are easy, but it's putting it into action that people struggle with. So it's inspiring to see you do just that. It's fun. And I, I want to share one other strategy with everybody because this is, uh, we're going to change the world in the next 16 months. Between now and the election, I do not believe in, nor do I support any form of force and violence, which is government. However, I am aware that the amount of energy that is controlled by the government is vast. And I'm also aware that the campaign season is upon us. The amount of money spent on insane campaigns, which focus on division and scarcity and problems is, is nuts. When we can inspire our candidates to focus on the actual solutions, and when they do, then we change the world. So we have created a series of campaign strategies that's out there. It's, it's everything we do is open source. We have no patents, no NDAs, no non-competes. Every video we share, you can share it at will. And we've created a strategy that is so exciting. It's going to change the world. We are inviting the top leading candidates who are supposedly also about freedom, right? And I understand controlled opposition, all that stuff. I don't know what I don't know, which is vast. But I do know that when we call out these candidates and demonstrate to them a way that they can campaign that will literally solve like one is crime we could reduce crime by way more than 50 percent in four years how by installing permaculture classes and by having the inmates grow all of their own food is this a hypothetical no it's been done and when it was done the recidivism rate which is the rate of reincarceration for inmates that got out of prison went down from over 60% to under 10%. Right there, you just cut crime in half, more than in half. So now we have a candidate that says, I'm going to use the same resources that we're currently using to control people. And I'm going to help them create a business for themselves while they're growing their own food, which also saves massive amount of taxes and helps nourish the inmates so they can think more clearly and be more connected to nature again. Love that. Super. Yeah, there's a lot of people that go to prison and there's like crime in prison, tons of violence, no hope. And they get out and end up, they never learned anything in there. Yeah. Or maybe they learned how to be a better criminal or link up with yeah. other, you know, associates. So I think that's really incredibly valuable. A lot of people overlook uh, the prison population. Many of them are in there for victimless crimes, but even if there was a victim, you know, human beings still have that potential for, for learning and remorse and growth. So I think that's a solid idea. And I don't see any reason why folks wouldn't get behind it. What are your thoughts on old RFK Jr.? Uh, so he's been in my dreams and thoughts, like literally in my dreams quite a bit. I had a dream where he, had, he was on a boat, like a small yacht, and it was sinking, and I was consoling him. And, I had a, and, and I've sent several videos to Bobby Kennedy, and I, um, I imagine him being one of the guys that takes this strategy and runs with it, because if he takes it the way that we are creating it, the campaign itself will completely solve all the world's biggest problems. It will inspire and empower the world to action using the existing energy structures. We're not talking about creating all new structures to create food for us everywhere. We're talking about using the existing energy structures, taking out the poisons. For instance, 
True Green Lawn Care. They're one of the most destructive entities in the world, owned by one of the oldest investment firms in the world, which is partnered with BlackRock, which is not only the name, but the <laughs> intention of the entity, which is run by a computer named Aladdin. So now imagine Bobby Kennedy helps get in and works with that entity and says, you're going to clean out all your glyphosate and all your poisons out of your vats, and you are going to now spray compost tea on the lawns, and you're going to help actually help grow food forests and edible regenerative landscapes around the world. This can be done. In fact, anything other than doing this is radically unethical. Love it. Love it. Hey, Jim, it's been great spending some time with you. You're always kicking butt out there and always so positive. So really appreciate you uh, spending the time to talk to our audience here at the Live Free Now show. Keep it up, man. And we'll, we'll get people to check out foodforestabundance.com, foodforestabundance.com. Uh, Jim's living the dream. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, exit and build, brother. I love your, your work as well. There you go. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Bye. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Jim Gale of Food Force Abundance. Always excited to have him on the program. He's doing so much and he's a big thinker and a big doer. You know, when you combine the big thinkers and the big doers together, uh, really got a lot of special stuff going on. I want to thank everybody that tuned in today, watching on Odyssey, Facebook. Uh, the YouTube channel is currently on a one week suspension because this interview I did with old Mike Adams at Natural News. You can find it at livefreenow.show, livefreenow.show. I do a podcast, so this this program will be turned into a podcast. If you want to subscribe to the podcast podcast feed, you can do that at livefreenow.show as well. And then just want to remind you again, guys, we're doing the uh, crypto webinar, absolutely free, common sense crypto webinar. Stuff's getting crazy in the crypto space. They're coming after all sorts of these altcoins, going to show, they're going to, classify them as securities. And a lot of these exchanges are in trouble. There's exchanges that are still filing for bankruptcy uh, even more recently. So I'm going to teach you in this webinar what to avoid. I'm going to teach you the mistakes I've made. And then I'm going to share a winning strategy that I've been employing as of late to just completely avoid all the nonsense, to self-custody your crypto. So you truly own and control your cryptocurrency. And no matter what the SEC or the government says about it, you can hold that stuff securely and privately. Check that out over at livefree.academy slash crypto webinar. It's going down June 29th at 11 a.m. Central. livefree.academy slash crypto webinar. I'll be breaking it all down and, and helping you to take action in a secure and financially sovereign kind of way. Okay, this is Live Free Now Show, bringing the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Shout out to everybody that joined us for today, and shout out to the podcast audience. Peace. Bye.